Nisa and I do live in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is part of China, for those of you who are geographically challenged. But Hong Kong's a very unusual place. I don't know what percentage of the population, but it's probably close to 50%. I'm going to move that. Uh, close to 50% of the population has hired maids to work in their home. And these are live-in maids. The vast majority come from the Philippines. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It sounds strange to me even as I say it. Maids from mainland China cannot come to work in Hong Kong as a live-in maid, even though they speak Chinese and people in Hong Kong speak Chinese. All our live-in maids, most come from the Philippines. We get a few from Indonesia, occasionally one from India or Sri Lanka or something. But there's about 140,000 ladies in Hong Kong from the Philippines living as live-in maids. Now, they come on a contract. It's a government-designed contract. They cannot remain in Hong Kong. If the employer terminates them or fires them for any reason, they must leave Hong Kong within two weeks. So their being in Hong Kong is dependent on their working contract. We have worked with Filipinos for well over 35 years in Hong Kong at various times. I'm going to show you some pictures. Now, there is a small assembly that meets in our home in Hong Kong. It's a little bit different than Boulevard Bible Chapel. We have 27 women and two men. That's it. So it is a little bit different. Almost all the ladies are married. We have a few single ladies, but most are married who have children back in the Philippines, husbands back in the Philippines. Most of their earnings go back to the Philippines to pay for their children's schooling and things like this. So that's the reason for the Filipino thing. After I show you something about Hong Kong and Filipinos working in Hong Kong, let me explain Balak Bayan. That's people who lived outside the Philippines, like these maids, and some have been in Hong Kong over 20 years. Balak Bayan are ones who returned to the Philippines to live. So some of this is involving returnees. Some of our spiritual children returned to the Philippines 10 years ago. They've been responsible for starting three assemblies, and we'll show you some of that also. But that's the reason for the Philippines. And if we could dim the light some, I'm going to sit down so I won't be in anybody's way, and I'll see if this clicker works. Okay, let's see. Well, that button didn't do it. Oh, that one did. Wonderful. You can see Hong Kong. It's on the southeast tip of China. Philippines is about two hours away. Philippines two hours away by airplane. And as I say, we have over 140,000 ladies who came to Hong Kong. Now, they're predominantly 
in the Philippines, Roman Catholic. 95% of the people, if you say, are you a Christian, they'd say, no, I'm a Catholic. Now, we don't make that distinction, they do. Christian means Protestant, Catholic means Catholic. There's Hong Kong. Now, this is the Hong Kong skyline. Hong Kong is a very modern city. I'd put it up against New York or Chicago for architecture. But it's a small area, approximately 500 square miles if you squared it off. It's probably uh, smaller than Broward County. But we have 7.5 million people living there. It's a very wealthy city. That's why people can afford to have a live-in maids. Most women in Hong Kong, married women, are employed as well as their husbands. The very wealthy, some of them will have four to five maids, and the wife is not working. Hong Kong skyline at night. It's really magnificent. This is the Hong Kong Harbor. We're looking across the harbor. I want to tell you a little bit. There's three buildings here. The one on the left is Bank of China. The one on the right is the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank. And the glass tower in the center is the big office building. Now, if you went into that office building, get on the elevator, it would show 84 floors. But it's not 84 floors. It's about 71 or 72. You say, well, why would it say 84? They're very superstitious in Hong Kong. If you got on the elevator, it would have floor one, two, three, and then no four. It goes one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then fifteen. They skip thirteen for superstitious foreigners like us, and skip fourteen, twenty-four, thirty-four, forty-four, fifty-four, sixty-four, and seventy-four. Any number ending in the Number four is considered unlucky because in Cantonese, the word for four and the word for death are the same sound. You would only know the difference context in a sentence or seeing it written. Anyway, I show you two bank buildings. There's 500 banking companies in Hong Kong. Every major bank in the world is there and many you've never heard of. Hong Kong has all these fancy stores. Uh, I'm sure most of you ladies buy Hermes or uh, what is it? I can't identify Yves Saint Laurent or something like that. Apple has an office in the International Finance Center. Hong Kong is very crowded. This is an evening scene. This is normal. This is not an unusual scene. This is on a Sunday afternoon underneath the Hong Kong Bank building, and all these people sitting there are Filipinas. The Filipinas work as live-in maids. They only have to work six days a week, and they get one day a week off, which is usually Sunday. Now, they most of them work 14 to 18 hours a day. But I don't want you to feel badly for them because they do get $350 a month by law. Their day off, they congregate downtown Hong Kong. 
Here again, underneath the bank building. They sit around, they do their nails, they sell things, they play cards. It's sad. Most of them just have nothing to do except they will. You can see they take their own chairs and tables sometimes. Sunday is also all the Philippine banks are open on Sunday so people can remit money back to their families in the Philippines. Worldwide Plaza, one of the main buildings downtown, I think has something like 15 or 16 Philippine banks in it. They go down there, they send money back home. But most of the ladies in the, from the Philippines, their family feel like the lady working in Hong Kong is a living ATM machine. Really, we need this, we need that, we need the other thing, and they just push them for more, they push them for more. I've talked to people from the Philippine consulate, the number one problem the ladies have is borrowing too much money. And they can't get a normal bank loan, which would be relatively low interest rates. They go to loan companies, which are legal, but legally cannot charge any more than 5% per month. But that's 60% a year interest. They get taken advantage of, and because of debts, some end up in prostitution, some selling drugs, all kinds of things. If you can't get a loan from a loan company, you can go. There are Filipinos in Hong Kong who do illegal loans. It's what's called 5-6. <clears throat> you borrow $500 this month, you're going to pay it all off next month, you have to pay 600 20% a month. You, well, it, they could borrow 500 U.S., they would owe 600 U.S. next month. They borrow 500 Hong Kong, they owe 600 Hong Kong next month. I'm not going to try to translate everything from Hong Kong dollars to U.S. I mean, anyway, that that's the kind of thing, and they get into terrible trouble with it. Again, in Worldwide House, sitting out Sunday afternoon. They close some streets, some main streets they close just for the Filipinas. Now, we don't live downtown Hong Kong. We live in what's called the New Territories here you would call it suburbs, lower-cost housing. <clears throat> this is behind our home. Our home covers 700 square feet of land. You can buy a home, but you don't really buy it. You have a lease. The lease runs out for us in tw uh, 2049. Uh, but if we step outside our home, we're on government land. What you're leasing is just that 700 square feet of land. There is a mountainside. This wall is where they've just bricked over or cemented over part of the mountain. And one of our Filipino uh, spiritual children made the flower box for us. We put the wooden cross there at Christmas, not at Christmas, at Easter time. Easter, we have our largest uh, attendance. We usually have 40 to 45 people at Easter. And Nisa always uh, makes it special. We have a special dinner. She'll cook ham and turkey and, oh, no turkey. Ham and what else do you, 
chicken, uh, sorry, small turkey, chicken, uh, casserole, vegetables, desserts, all sorts of things. This tree's near our home. She thought it was beautiful. I took the picture of it. Inside our home, Lord's Day morning, we do have the assembly meeting in our home. You're, where all the folding chairs are is our dining room area. We're taking it from the living room area. Now, again, our assembly's a little bit different in the way it operates. We don't have the breaking of bread until 11 o'clock, but some of the people start arriving between 8.30 and 9 o'clock in the morning. Every week, three or four ladies are assigned for cooking duty. Everybody stays for lunch every Sunday. So it's nice, you know, we got to have 25 to 30 guests every Sunday for lunch. No, Nisa doesn't cook it every week. Once a week, she'll do most of the cooking. Once a month, sorry. Once a month, not once a week. I'm so glad you're here with me. Anyway, once a month, but the ladies all give about $2, $2.5 a week. That covers their lunch meal and their dinner meal. We have the breaking of bread from 11 till, no, breaking of bread finishes around 12 or 12.15. 12 then we have a preaching service, and it can run till 12.30 to 1 o'clock. Well, no, we start about 12, 12.15, run to 1.15, 1.30 sometimes, because everyone's going to be there for lunch anyway. It doesn't matter if the preacher runs over a little bit. We have lunch. Then some ladies always, a few of them, have to go to town to remit money back for their families or do some errands, shopping, whatever. Some stay. We always have Bible study in the afternoon. We do not do Bible study from 2 o'clock till 6 o'clock. We usually have about an hour and a half, two hours of Bible study. Then they have free time. Oh. Back to Easter, Nisa always fixes these flower baskets, one for each table. We usually have six to eight tables. She does a wonderful job. We do this behind the house. We can't seat 40 people in the house. I told you there's two brothers in our meeting. This is the other brother. His name Boss Johnson. Jansen. He's originally from Holland. And Bus is married to a Filipino lady named Annadel. We're so thankful for Bus and Annadel. Their son is Eric. Annadel, as I say, is Filipina. She can talk to all the ladies in two or three of their dialects easily. But she and Nisa are the senior ladies. Both of them spend hours counseling, shoulder to cry on, giving advice, so many things. I hate to say it, many of the ladies have husbands who are not faithful to them back in the Philippines. Our prayer time on Sunday morning, we go through boxes of Kleenex, lots of tears, different things. But we're so thankful for Bus and Annadel and little Eric. Some of the ladies on a Sunday afternoon, once a month, we do have a birthday party for whoever has birthdays that month. Again, Nisa usually makes the birthday cakes. Nisa is wonderful. 
She's very picky about her kitchen, but she lets the Filipinas take over every Sunday. Every Monday, she's saying, where's the whisk? Where's this? Where's that? It's always back in a different drawer or in a different cupboard. It's a sacrifice for her, but it's for the Lord and for the Lord's people. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Sister Bing. This is Bing. Bing did not become a Christian in Hong Kong. Most of the ladies we have became Christians in Hong Kong, but Bing was already a Christian. She's only been coming to the assembly for about five years, but been a Christian for 25 years, maybe more. In February this year, Bing told us, my mother-in-law is very sick. She's going to die soon and wants to see me before she dies. She said, I want to share the gospel with her. Please pray for me. She went home, back to the Philippines for just three days. That's all her employer would give her. She came back, Lord's Day, and I said, Bing, could you tell us what happened while you were in the Philippines? She's, oh, and I got to back up. Before she left, she said, pray for me to witness to my husband. She said, I've witnessed to him for 18 years. He always mocks me. She said, I tell him you need to be born again. He said, born again, that's for you Christians. I'm a Catholic. I don't need born again. And just mock her, mock her all the time. She said, well, before I got to see my mother-in-law, I led my husband to the Lord and his brother. Then she got to see her mother-in-law in the hospital. Her mother-in-law professed faith, and she said all the nurses and doctors in the hospital commented on the difference in her. The mother-in-law did die four days after being returned to Hong Kong, but all the medical personnel commented on the change in this elderly lady. Two days after Bing got back, she was talking to her son on the telephone and led him to the Lord. Now, for any of you here who do any preaching, I was so happy what Sister Bing told me. Not the first part. The first part, she said, you know, I've been in a lot of different churches before I came to your church, and I always thought telling people about Jesus was the pastor's job. But you and Bus always tell us, it's for everybody to do, and that's what I did. And I was so glad that she listened to what we say. She's a wonderful lady. Sister Cora, she's our oldest sister. She's in her 60s now, longtime Christian. Again, we're thankful for some of these more mature ladies because we get more who are young Christians now, each year, we don't have a lot of growth because we will have four or five ladies who move to different parts of Hong Kong or retire, go back to the Philippines. But on average, we baptize four to five new believers every year. So we're just maintaining. Well, we can't seat more. We could seat 30 probably fairly comfortably, and after that, we're really getting crowded. But we're thankful the ladies... Again, Sunday afternoons, they do a lot of one-on-one -on -one evangelism. We try to give the gospel in our messages. One requirement for the ladies from the Philippines, they must speak English. So all our preaching is done in English. 
but it's better for them to hear things in their own language, and that's where the older sisters lead a lot of the new believers to Christ in their own language. Easter, we did have some special music. We don't have this every week. And as I say, after the Bible study, they watch Christian videos sometimes. <clears throat> some of them will take a nap. It, our home is their home. They feel totally at home there, and we're so thankful that they do. Now, I want to introduce you to Danny and Elizabeth. They're Balak Bayan. They returned from Hong Kong to the Philippines. Danny and Elizabeth were both born again when we met them. Actually, Elizabeth's older sister came to know the Lord in Hong Kong. We knew her. She went home and led her family to the Lord. Elizabeth was one of them. But the older sister called Nora went to Canada, and when she went to Canada, she got Elizabeth to come and take her job, work for the same employer. After Elizabeth had been in Hong Kong for a few years, she married Danny. Danny was also a believer. Danny and Elizabeth did not come to the assembly at first. They were in another church, and I don't want anyone to take this wrong. Their church insisted that they use only the King James Bible, King James English Bible. Danny and Elizabeth could speak some English, but very poor at reading English. Their pastor said, you cannot have the Bible in your language. You have to use the King James English Bible. They didn't grow spiritually. And finally, I bought a Bible from the Bible Society. It was bilingual, King James English on one side, but it was Tagalog, the main language of the Philippines, on the other side. Just a few weeks after that, Elizabeth was in our home, and she's just bubbling over happy. I said, Elizabeth, why are you so happy? She said, reading the Bible with Danny. I said, you've been reading the Bible with Danny for five years since you've been married. She says, now we know what it says. <laughs> if you have the King James, you love it, read it, fine. But if you can't understand it, get a Bible you can understand. They started blooming spiritually. And then they would ask, why do you have Lord's Supper every Sunday? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Our pastor says this. Our pastor says that. I never said your pastor's wrong. I just say, let's see what the Bible says. They came into the assemblies. They were in the assembly for 10 years probably. 10 years ago, Danny said he's reading the Great Commission, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them whatever I've taught you. He said, I've got to go back to the Philippines. Elizabeth didn't get the vision right then, but after a few months she did. They had two children. They stepped out on faith and went back to the Philippines. Every Filipino they knew in Hong Kong says, don't go back to the Philippines. You make more money in Hong Kong. You're not going to make any money in the Philippines. They said, God's told us to go, and they did. They went to Isabella province. That's in the far north of the Philippines. Luzon Island is the main island there. Elizabeth came from Isabella. They went back to the home where she had lived. It's a little town called Masipi, a village actually. Almost everybody in Masipi is a farmer and very poor. 
They grow mainly rice and corn. Now, every rice plant is planted by hand. When they harvest, they use a sickle, grab a bunch and cut it with a sickle, much like they must have done in Israel 2,000, 3,000 years ago. It's very, very hard work. If you don't have your own land, you can always get work helping another farmer. And a day laborer like that can make two and a half dollars a day, but it's only a 12-hour day, so it comes out almost 20 cents an hour. This is rice drying on the roadside. Cars drive over it. Donkeys walk through it. Chickens are going through it. People walk through it. When you get your rice, be careful for gravel and other things. Rice is the staple food. This is the local taxi in a small town. It's called a tricycle. It's a motorbike, usually about 150 cc. If you don't know, that's a small engine. They have a little sidecar, and you cannot get more than about 14 people on and in it. This is Danny's miracle truck. We helped Danny buy this a couple of years after he got back. It's a 1996 Mazda pickup. It is a four-door. It's used for taking people to the meetings. It's used for an ambulance. Anyone sick, call Danny. He'll take you to the hospital. It's used as a farm truck, not only for Danny's farm, for many others. Every part on it's been replaced more than once. I was there with Boss Jansen in <clears throat> late April, early May. Early May it was. <clears throat> Danny was going to pick us up at the airport. He was late arriving. When he arrived, I said, why are you late? He said, well, the fan fell off the engine. Evidently, the fan's an important part. He had to bolt it back on. It fell off three more times while we were there. He finally got big enough bolts to hold it on. He's replaced the engine once. The back bed fell off once. When he drove into the airport, one tire went flat right in front of us. We got him to a tire dealer. We bought him four new tires, changed the oil and everything. And I've told him many times, Danny, when you can see the air in the tires, it's time to buy a new tire. But they, that's how far they drive it till there's just nothing left of it. They need a replacement vehicle. We're praying with them, trying to help them get that. But it's used all the time for the Lord. Now, I told you they started an assembly in the town of Masipi, village of Masipi. This is the assembly building. It's the nicest building in Masipi Village. Nieces, two elderly aunts, sisters of George Walker. Some of you knew George Walker. His two sisters financed this building. It, about 100 in fellowship, but it fluctuates some. Just a couple of months ago, another picture of the building. A couple of months ago, Danny told me we had about 10 or 12 young people who have moved to the city. They don't want to be farmers. They want to make $10 a day, not $2 a day. I said, well, are you discouraged? You lost so many people. He said, no, it just means we have to do more visitation, more evangelism, see more people saved. At the end of this month, they're baptizing eight new believers. 
I'm so thankful Danny and Elizabeth have a vision to see souls saved. This is inside the building. This is in May. Us was in the congregation. It's, as I say, nice, nice tile on the floor. When I preach there, Danny always translates for me. They don't have air conditioning. They do have some ceiling fans. Well, not ceiling. They're on the side walls and a couple on stands like this. Danny's a very good interpreter, and if I say something wrong, I'm sure he says it right. The children did special music. Uh, the little girl is a girl that Danny and Elizabeth adopted. I'm going to tell you her story real quick while she's on the screen. Her mother's mentally retarded, was raped by men in the village. She was living with a family that treated her more like a pet animal than a person. Danny and Elizabeth first met her. She was 23 years old, three months pregnant. They took her to their home, cleaned her up, took her to the doctor every month for the next six months. When the child was born, the mother is not competent to care for it. Danny and Elizabeth adopted the child. Smart. She's best in the third grade now. Just everyone thought it was a curse. This girl had all these things happen to her. You know what they named the child? They named her Blessing. And she is. This is Danny. This is in their home. Now, again, Nisa's aunt, and we've tried to help finance the building. It's concrete block. It's always used for the Lord. They have Bible studies there. They had a Christian training camp for two weeks. The assemblies from down near Manila that's 600 miles away sent teams up to Mossy P, 25 people, 25. Danny and his wife have three children, so there's five of them, and they had 25 visitors for two weeks. Elizabeth did all the cooking. Most people had to sleep on the floor. They don't have 25 beds. But they have such big hearts, and they're so generous. This man... Virgilio, saved about six years now. I heard his testimony. He was a bad guy. He was an alcoholic. He was a tough guy. If you had an argument with someone, wanted someone to go break the, your enemy's legs, call Virgilio. He'd go do the job. Virgilio told me, said, you know, I was a mean drunk. I didn't want anyone around me when I was drunk. But Danny would come and put his arm around me and tell me Jesus loved me, even when I was drunk. He got saved. His wife was already a Christian. He's winning souls now, too. It's just wonderful what's going on. A young couple, their baby, and I wish I could remember their names. Just a young farmer struggling to get by. Faithful in the assembly. The young man on the end of the bench is Larry. That's Elizabeth's younger brother. He's one of the elders in the assembly, and he's so proud of his house because it's also concrete block. Many of them live in just stick houses. Uh, one, another one of the elders, Willie, and his wife there. They have just a small farm, struggle to get by. This is the way many of the people in Mazipi live in a house like this. When the wind blows, it comes through the cracks. This kind of house does not hold up well in a direct hit of a hurricane. 
They don't call them hurricanes in the Philippines. They call them typhoons. Same thing. It's just the other side of the world. Florida, I heard a report on the radio. They figure there will be 16, 18 named storms this year, and maybe four will hit the mainland of the U.S. The Philippines has 30 to 35 named storms every year with 18 to 25 direct hits on the Philippines. Just last week, Manila, the capital city, had 3 million people put out of their homes because 60% of the city was flooded by a typhoon. Another typhoon hit Shanghai, China, 2 million displaced by it. Elizabeth's father always cooks chicken for me. Now, you hear about organic chicken or free-range. This is totally organic, totally free-range, and it chews like a piece of shoe leather. But I always eat some because he does it as a love gift. But uh, it, it's pretty rough stuff. Now, another Filipina, <clears throat> the lady on the right, the blue shirt, Evelyn. Evelyn Espano and her son, Emin, his name's Emmanuel, and her daughter, Armelin. Now, Evelyn was a live-in maid in Hong Kong 20 years ago when we met her. She's still a live-in maid in Hong Kong. $350 a month now. When we first met her, she was making about $250, something like that. Evelyn was not a believer when we met her. I told you about borrowing money. Her husband had lived in Hong Kong with her, and he was going back to the Philippines, says, Honey, borrow some money. I'll start a little business. You come back with the kids. We'll live happily ever after. So she borrowed from two of these loan companies, and he went back to the Philippines, found another sweetie, drank up all the money, left her with the bills. She got behind penalties and late fees. Her repayments were more than her salary. That's not a good position, particularly if you're trying to take care of two children also at the time. Now, she's from south of Luzon, and I'm not going to try to name all these names, but that's where she lives. <clears throat> Evelyn works for us two days a week. Her employer employs her for six days, but he doesn't want her in the house for two days. He's a composer, and he's a Christian man, but he said, look, you can work somewhere else two days a week. She comes to us two days, helps Nisa with laundry. I sometimes think, Nisa spends more time in Bible study than Evelyn does do ironing, but that's okay. Nisa has discipled Evelyn over the years. I told you Evelyn was in debt. She first came to us. She was nearly suicidal. She didn't know what she was going to do. She couldn't pay. The loan companies are calling. you got to pay us. We're going to get the police, this, that, and the other thing. Just to make a long story short, she accepted the Lord. We helped her out. A Chinese Christian gave us enough money to help pay off the debts. But we did. We deposited that, got a bank loan. She paid back the bank loan at much lower interest over a two-year period. And then this Chinese Christian said, now you've paid it back, you can keep it. But 
as they say, she comes to our house two days a week. Often she'll just turn on a CD, and Nisa often has Christian music on the CD. Evelyn loves listening to Christian music. But one day we had a sermon on there. A preacher we know from Central Florida. He was preaching from Acts about Paul and Barnabas being sent out from Antioch. And the preacher said, Paul and Barnabas went out to serve the Lord. What are you doing for the Lord? And Evelyn says, you know, it was like God was just speaking to me. What are you doing for me? Evelyn does not come to the assembly. We don't have anything for children. She's got two children. She's in another evangelical church. She went to her church, got 15 to 17 young people, organized a fundraising event, got 15 computers donated, they went to her village for two weeks. They evangelized. They did skits and plays and all sorts of games, everything. They saw a bunch of people say there's a little church meeting in her village because of her vision. This is part of the church meeting under just a grass roof. They don't have a proper building or anything. But she goes back on her own expense every year now to help with the vacation Bible school. This summer, they had 140 kids. It's a remote village. They're far, most people in her village are fishermen. But she got the vision. She said, I've got to do something for the Lord, and she did it. There's kids at vacation Bible school because this one lady got some vision. She is still a live-in maid, still living full-time in Hong Kong, but she takes time off. Her employer gives her time off for things like going back for the vacation Bible school. These are kids listening to the story on the beach. There is a pastor from a nearby village who comes whenever he can, and Evelyn tries to support him. Evelyn and we often get boxes together of clothing, uh, not only clothing, we'll send instant coffee, spam, uh, shoes, toothpaste, toothbrushes, all kinds of things. They send it over to the poor in Evelyn's village. We send some to Danny and Elizabeth's village also whenever we can. This one's being packed in Hong Kong. We've sent three since we were back in the States. Oh, they're open. No, I'm sorry. We packed it in Hong Kong. They're opening in the Philippines. There they are, passing out the things. They're always excited when they can get these things. Again, doing crafts at Vacation Bible School. Baptize in the ocean. Now, Danny and Elizabeth don't baptize in the ocean in Mossy P. They're 50 or 60 miles from the ocean. They baptize in a river. And the first time I was there for a baptism... They asked me to help out. They had to move a water buffalo out of the river so we could get in to baptize. I don't know if you have that problem here or not. Anyway, here's Evelyn. This little boy's an orphan. She's praying someone will want to adopt him. The Christians in the village are taking care of him in the little church that God used her to start. There's a tricycle fully loaded, and you see them go like this. Please pray for the Philippines, for the assembly work and other Christians in the Philippines. We're so thankful God has used some of our spiritual children to reach others there. Salamat Po. Thank you very much. Now.
Can I have the light on for just a minute? And I'm going to take you to a couple of more countries as fast as I can. Oh, boy. time yet? We'll get through here before 9 o'clock. <laughs> Home for us is Hong Kong. I showed you that. But once a week I do go into mainland China and yes, Hong Kong belongs to China, but you need a visa to enter China from Hong Kong unless you're Hong Kong Chinese. I'm not Hong Kong Chinese. Every Chinese from the mainland, though, to enter Hong Kong needs a visa also. Last year, now Hong Kong's in the lower right-hand corner here. Boss Jensen, I showed you his picture. I'll show you him again. He and I and another brother took the train from Hong Kong to Urumqi, where the circle is. It's only 52 hours on the train. We were taking Bibles. That's Buss's full-time ministry. I travel with him when I can. We did not take Chinese Bibles. Yes, this is in China. But we didn't take Chinese Bibles. We took Kazakh Bibles because Kazakhstan is the next country. And we took Uyghur Bibles because Uyghur is the language of the minority in that area. Most people in that area are Muslims. Now, we meet at the train station, then we go in. Now this is between Hong Kong and China. This is where we get off the train in Hong Kong. This is not a rush hour. This is just a typical morning people going into China. On holidays, it can take over an hour to cross the border. When it's only like this, you can get across in 15 minutes. Inside China, the other young man, do you remember his name, Lisa? No. Anyway, very nice young man. He and Bus and I went. Now, we take the Bibles in. Now, Bus goes almost every day with some of these red and white striped bags. He stores them in there until he has enough for the journey, and then we transfer them to regular suitcases like this. The reason we take the train, not the airplane, airplane... We would be so overweight, it would be very expensive. The train, they don't carry, care how much weight you take on the train. Uh, some of the Bibles, again, as we were packing in a hotel room. This is a Chinese restaurant. They're trying to uh, cater to foreigners. The sign says our food is very delicious. It was horrible. But... <laughs> They're trying. Now, I said the train was 52 hours. That's travel time. One town, we had to wait six hours between trains. We do rent a hotel for four hours, take a nap. That's where we stop for this meal. The room we get, they're very kind for me. This is what's called soft sleeper. It's a little roomette with only four beds. 
hard sleeper has six beds in it. It's very difficult for me to get on the top bed, particularly in hard sleeper because you only have about 12 or 14 inches. So if we can, we get soft sleeper. <clears throat> now, this trip, I don't have the girl's picture, but this trip, Bus and I were praying specifically. Lord, give us somebody who speaks English that we can witness to. Now, Bus can speak quite good Chinese, but a lot of biblical terms and things he's not familiar with. He went to get tickets. All the tickets were sold out except this one roomette on the train, soft sleeper, four beds. There were three of us. He got the three beds. We had no idea who the other person would be, but it was a young nurse, spoke excellent English, and we were able to witness to her and gave her a Bible in English. We didn't have any Chinese Bibles. I got an email from her. She was reading the Bible. Whatever happened, I'm not sure. We crossed the Gobi Desert. It's not sand. It's more like gravel, and it's so dry you wouldn't believe it. Oh, the same down where we stopped, and with the, our food's very delicious, we saw this woman, obviously homeless, sleeps on the street, looked like she hadn't washed for months and months, and I, I'm sure she has mental problems. And I felt sorry for her. But Bus, he went in, bought noodles, and gave her a box of noodles. That's what's in the bag. I'm ashamed I didn't think of it. But this is the kind of person Bus is. He's such a blessing. We're so thankful for him. Here we are in the city of Urumqi. It's at the hour of prayer. Most people were in the mosque. The top is Chinese characters. Kazakh is similar to Russian. And then I forget what they call the other characters on the whiteboard there. But they use all three in that area of China. The market, as they say, not many people in the market. Most were at the mosque for prayers. But it was interesting to see the different things they had in the market. Turnips aren't my favorite, but they had plenty of them. They cooked these are steamers. Steam goes up through the bamboo baskets. You can see the big wok on the left. There's a wok. I don't know how many ladies have one like that in their kitchen. This is baking bread in an oven. They just stick it to the side of the oven and the fire's in the center and bakes it. It's quite tasty. The shish kebab would be lamb or not not pork, they're Muslim. It would be lamb or beef or chicken or horse meat. Uh, I can't find horse in Publix, but anyway. If you like dried lizard or dried snake, you, it's freely available. The black stuff is a fungus they use in cooking. Nisa doesn't have any good recipes for dried lizard or snake, so I didn't bring her any. It was in May, and there was still snow on the ground, but not very cold. The snow is melting. But uh, Now, I told you I have a Bible study inside China once a week. Henry is the gentleman in the blue shirt. He's a dentist. Grace is his wife. She's also a dentist. Jim is the young boy, and Joanna is the baby. 
China has a one-child policy. You're not allowed to have a second child, but obviously they do. How can they do that? Well, she came out to Hong Kong while she was pregnant, registered with a doctor and hospital in Hong Kong, and because she did that, before the authorities knew she was pregnant in China, she was registered in Hong Kong, she was allowed to come out to Hong Kong to give birth and take the child back with her. Now, half the births in Hong Kong last year were to ladies from the mainland. It's a big problem because Hong Kong women are saying, we can't get a place to give birth because all these mainland ladies are doing it. So beginning next year, they're not going to be accepting ladies from the mainland. Anyway, the few days before she delivered the baby and the few days after, Grace and her husband stayed in our home. We were in the U.S. at the time. The baby was born in July. So she's just a year old, just over a year old right now. Grace's mom is not a Christian. Henry and Grace are Christians. <clears throat> I say they're both dentists. I don't charge for the Bible study, and they don't charge to fix my teeth. So it's a good arrangement. We also have others who come from time to time. The young girl in the black shirt is also a dentist. She looks like she's 13, but she's not. The young man, Joseph, is also a dentist. Uh, Hannah is the girl. Hannah and Joseph go to a house church, which is unregistered, while Grace and Henry go to the official registered church. Grandma and the baby again. Oh, they took me. After I came back from Murrumchi, I was taken to a Kazakh restaurant there. They served us horse meat three different ways. And I came back and I asked Grace's father, who's from Mongolia, I said, Mongolia, do you eat horse? And he said, oh, yes, but I prefer donkey. And I said, well, I never had donkey. So they took me out in this restaurant, had donkey dumplings. So uh, the side dish was silkworms, which are high in protein. Almost finished. Just south of China is Vietnam. We worked with Vietnamese refugees for 20 years. Many were saved. This man was saved. He's pastoring a church there now, a new church. They had an orphanage, was closed down. He and his wife took in seven girls between uh, 17 and 21 years old. That's real Christian love. This is the little church he was pastoring. As they say, they're starting a new one. Praise God. I taught him Bible in the refugee camps. He's teaching others now. This is where the seven girls live. They sleep on the floor, just very basic. One person in his church was having a birthday party for a one-year-old. That's the table for the birthday party. I was invited. The first dish, can anyone identify it? Pig's blood, fresh. It had a little chopped onion in it, and I, I declined, but my neighbor next to me was thrilled to have a second bowl. The baby, a Vietnamese Mickey Mouse. This is street scenes around Hanoi. Man will weigh you for about 20 cents, tell you how tall you are, so I did it. He was amazed how light I was. Uh, not really. I am larger than the average Vietnamese. If you don't want to go to Publix, they have door-to-door -door delivery, people like this. 
She's got water chestnuts in one basket. I'm not sure what's in the other. You can get fresh meat. It was slaughtered that morning, and if you get it early before the flies get on it, it's wonderful. Another brother and his sis and his wife and his daughter saved in Hong Kong, started a church there. His in-laws, I wish I could tell you the whole story. Father-in-law was a high communist official. The mother-in-law got saved last Christmas. Mother-in-law, they were both idol worshiper, worshiping ancestors. Mother-in-law started having nightmares. There were demons shaking her bed, and she couldn't sleep. She couldn't eat. Visiting pastor led them to the Lord. The victors, the son-in-law, he told him, you got to get rid of all the ancestor worship stuff in your house, and they finally did. Father-in-law says, can I sell it? Victor said, no, you have to destroy it. Oh, I spent thousands of dollars. You have to destroy it. They did destroy it. The father and mother are truly converted, love God's word. If church doors are open, they're there. They read the Bible. They're brand new Christians, but Victor has uh, meetings in his home that was a youth group they asked me to speak to. Another brother outside of the city where Victor lives, he's saved in Hong Kong. He started three churches since he went back. He's had troubles with the police. Victor's church, ladies Bible study, they asked me to speak. Victor translated. Another couple saved in Hong Kong. I taught them the Bible. Again, we assisted them in many ways. They started a little church in their village, about 35 in fellowship. Victor's home entrance, you take your shoes off, put on sandals when you go in. Now, Victor works for two factories translating from Vietnamese to English. He started his own little shoe company, called it Romans, inside the shop. <clears throat> and he makes the shoes. This worker, when she's not selling something, she's stitching bedroom slippers. She gets 10 cents a pair. This is the, a shoe factory. It doesn't belong to Victory. He contracts his shoes there. And they make for several different people. I, it was very interesting to see how they do it. You may recognize the brand name, but it's not real. It's a fake. It sells for about $2 in the market. In Victor's shop, this is a Bible text in Vietnamese in the showroom window thing. I said, Victor, does anyone pay attention to those texts? He said, two weeks ago, a man asked me, what's that mean? And I led him to the Lord. Victor does give a discount to Christians. He'll give you 30 or 40 percent discount. But you know what he does? He's got a box in there. If you're a Christian and he gives you 30 percent off, he says, I want some of it back. The box is for the church building fund. He doesn't want all of it back, but he wants you to make a little donation to help for their building fund. And I don't have a problem with it. South Vietnam, many more churches. This is a Chinese church in Vietnam. Two pastors. Why? The government requires you must have a Vietnamese pastor. So the Vietnamese pastor says it, and the, uh, I mean, and then the Chinese pastor translates. This is their parking lot on the ground floor. Everybody rides motorbikes in Vietnam. Not 100%, but probably 98%. This is typical traffic in Saigon. Now, I don't drive the bike myself. I used to 20 years ago, but now I let someone drive it. And even then, it's kind of scary at times, but it's great for your prayer life. 
I took a bus from from Victor City back to Hanoi. Four hours nonstop. Tom and Jerry cartoons on the bus. That's enough. Young man here, Van. He was my translator in the camps in Hong Kong. He gave the gospel hundreds of times. Never believed himself. Always wants to see me when I come. Pray for Van. He's got a lovely wife, lovely daughter, none are believers. Worker on the left, not unusual. He eats regularly, but just doesn't gain any weight. The man on the right, full-time worker. I met him 20 years ago. He had seven children, lived in a room that was about 150 square feet with seven children. Now the children are all grown. They take care of him and his wife. He served the Lord very faithfully. Now, we were driving on the road. This is a Vietnamese rest stop beside the road. It's private. You, this is the car we were in, but I want you to see this. I wish they had them here. It didn't cost very much to make it. It's just sticks holding up the roof, and the roof is thatched. And they have these hammocks. You can lay down in the hammock. Uh, that's my shoe, some shoes Victor made for me. You lay in the hammock, you can order a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, you can stay there 30, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever you like, no extra charge, just buy a cup of coffee or a Coca-Cola or something. It's really wonderful. I'm going to go on. Whenever I'm in Saigon, I get acupuncture. You can see the needles in my knee on the right. The On the left, it's a... Butternut squash massage. <laughs> wonderful. But the needles, they it's wonderful. I wish I could tell you. It's almost miraculous. The man who does it is a Christian. He's an elder in his church. This is the one seminary in Vietnam, Protestant seminary. 140 students now. They're building a church on the property that will seat 2,500 in a communist country. This is amazing. They have... Classes, someone donated uh, computers. The dorm room, again, they'll put a hammock there so the air circulates all around their body. Men's dorm, visited a women's dorm. Two of the girls are wearing the Ao Yai traditional Vietnamese dress. These young people love the Lord. They're training to serve Him. I'm so thankful for it. Some of you old enough to remember the Vietnam War. That's an American truck left over, probably 50 years old. They'd rather have that 50-year-old American truck than a brand-new Russian truck, and this one will probably last longer. friend who I stay with in Saigon, again, I can't tell his story. His home, he doesn't have any air conditioning except one room, and he puts me in the air-conditioned room. His child goes for special training to mathnasium. All students in Vietnam wear school uniforms. This verse is so true. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We're so thankful for Christians in this country who donate Help people like Danny and Elizabeth. Help people like the Vietnamese believers. Help people like Evelyn, who went back to her village, started a church. And these others. 
Yes, we receive gifts from America. We pass on as much as we possibly can. God knows what you do. If you're faithful in prayer, faithful in giving, he knows it, and he will reward you. I'm sorry I ran over time. That's the last picture. Any questions, I'd be happy to try to answer. I guess our time's up. Let me just close in prayer, and if you stay. uh, If I don't know it, Nisa does. She knows everything. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you've given us the privilege to share the message of the gospel with those who don't know you. And I thank you, Lord, that you've not only told us, share the gospel, go and make disciples. The Lord Jesus said to teach them what he's taught us. We thank you. We have your word, not only in English. We have it in Chinese and Kazakh and Tagalog and Vietnamese and so many languages. People can have it in their language. We thank you for this. And I thank you for those who we've been able to train some and they've gone on. They're seeing others come to know you, starting assemblies or starting other churches, teaching your word. Just bless each one. We know many have difficult lives. And thank you for the Christians here who are faithful in prayer and giving also. And bless the assembly here as they reach out in this community. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.